the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, October the 16th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1793, during the French Revolution, Marie Antoinette, the Queen of France, was beheaded. I think there's people in America that would like to, well, I won't even comment on that in regards to Trump. Today in 1859, abolitionist John Brown, he led a group of 21 men in a raid of on Harper's Ferry in Western Virginia. Ten of Brown's men were killed, five escaped. Brown and six of his followers were later captured. All were executed. Today in 1901, Booker T. Washington dined at the White House as the guest of President Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt was an interesting guy. The invitation to a black educator at that time sparked controversy, to say the least. Today in 1916, Planned Parenthood had its beginnings. Margaret Sanger and her sister Ethel, they opened the first birth control clinic that became Planned Parenthood. Guess where they opened it? Of course, in Brooklyn, New York. Margaret Sanger was a racist. She was a eugenicist. And of course she would open her first clinic. And most of them today are in black neighborhoods. Today, 1962, Cuban Missile Crisis began. President John F. Kennedy, he was informed that reconnaissance photographs had revealed there were the presence of missiles based in Cuba. That led to the, it was a fiasco for him, the Bay of Pigs situation. Today in 1995, thousands black men gathered Washington, D.C. for the million man march. There weren't a million people there. The press pretended like there were a million, but there, there really wasn't, and everybody knew it. But there were a lot of people there. The million man march led by the Nation of Islam leader, Louis Farrakhan. Today in 2009, Agriculture officials said pigs in Minnesota had tested positive for the H1N1 virus, or the swine flu. They were the first such cases in the U.S. That has been mentioned a number of times, the swine flu epidemic. It was grossly mishandled by President Obama and Vice President Biden, but you would think that they handled it almost miraculously, like unbelievably, but they didn't. Some of their people have said recently that worked closely on that and led their efforts to contain it, said it was total chaos and they never did know what they were doing. That was just a matter of weeks ago. Someone who had worked closely with Biden and Obama on that case said they they never did know what they were doing. It was chaos. And actor Angela Lansbury, that one that's in Murder, she wrote, (laughs) it's in almost perpetual, you know, replay on television, on cable channels. Murder, she wrote, Angela Lansbury. She'd been in a lot of other things as well. I don't know her whole history, but 
She's 95 years old today, and she's still making movies. She just completed a movie within the year in England, I believe. And uh, anyway, 95 years old, still going. That's that's a good thing. Did you watch that um, town hall last night or any part of it, the dueling town, hall, town halls, one on ABC? Biden was over on ABC with his first cousin and favorite relative. I guess they're not really related that I know of. But uh, George Stephanopoulos and Trump was uh, faced off with Savannah Guthrie at NBC. I watched part of the Democrat one and almost all of the um, Trump uh, so-called town hall meeting. I, I don't have a lot to say about it. I don't think anybody changed their mind because I don't think there's very many people that are undecided. Sometimes they introduce people. NBC introduced somebody the other day as an undecided. Then they found out later that the person had actually already voted. They weren't undecided. They they were post-voter. They had already mailed in their ballot. But um, I don't think there's many people in America left today that haven't made up their minds as, as far as this election. There are some, but very, very few. But anyway, um, <laughs> Savannah Guthrie was playing to her peers on the other channels because all day yesterday uh, I read from reliable sources that that employees at ABC and NBC and CNN were contacting through probably through social media Savannah Guthrie and saying, you better be tough on him. You better not back off. You better not be nice because you'll be letting down everyone in journalism and on and on and on. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So they were they were telling her she better go after him. She better attack him. Who They didn't even care about getting into policy at all. And she didn't. She didn't. All she did was attack him all with that smirky, self-righteous smile of hers that they all get in the network media. That's all she did. But I thought he handled himself very well. There was a black girl with a red mask right behind him in the most of the shots. Did you see her? She was always nodding and agreeing with him. And uh, when he would say something, you know, pretty emphatic about his his policies and some of his achievements, and Trump has achieved a lot. I mean, he really has. It's just buried in the hatred uh, by the media. But this girl sitting back there would, would nod her head, and then she once in a while she'd do a thumbs up. And she caught my attention. I thought, man, that's cool. I know they didn't put her there. They would not have done anything like that because that was a positive thing for the president. But I noticed today that a lot of people noticed her. Maybe you did as well. And they were talking about it in actually in some of the conservative news this morning and on a on social media. They said she became the star of the show because she was agreed with everything Trump said. So that was kind of cool. She was a black girl. I don't know what her name was, but I'm sure she'll be a, a star in the social media by the end of the day today. But Biden, Biden reminded me this Biden and, and George Stephanopoulos thing. Stephanopoulos, of course, worked for Bill Clinton and they're all, you know, woven together at the hip. But it, it reminded me of a couple of people that really like each other, but they don't see each other every day. And maybe it's during the holidays, kind of home for the holidays. <clears throat> That's the feeling that I got from the uh, Biden Stephanopoulos get together. It was kind of like home for the holidays. Hi, Joe. How's it going? Man, it's good to see you. George, I was thinking about you the other day. That was the feeling I got. How can I help you, Joe, get across the finish line and win this, this election? 
so we can get back on track with our far-left views. That's the way I felt, because that's the way it is with the media and Biden. Biden can do no wrong, because when he does, if he stumbles, if he makes a mistake, they just bury it. If he gets in trouble, they start to censor it. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about censoring. Ted Cruz and some others in Congress are taking are taking some definable actions against the big tech because of their censorship. I want to get to that today. I, I hope to have enough time to get through all of it, but I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I wrote an article about that, about censorship, by the social media today, and there's um, its source. There's links there. It's at faithandfreedom.us. I would encourage you to read it. We'll talk about some of it today as time allows. But one of the things that I noticed um, last night on the Biden so-called town hall, it was really a family get-together. Like I said, kind of home for the holidays. That, that's what I felt. But this uh, one woman they had, they would have people, you know, ask questions from the audience. Supposed, you know, they were for Biden or they were not. They were leaning Democrat, leaning Republican, all that nonsense. You can't, I mean, I don't believe 99% of what those people say, the press. But anyway, this woman came up, and she was supposed to be a, a Democrat. She probably is, but her name is Hayek or something like that. But anyway, she said, here was her question. She said, I'm, I'm the proud mom of two girls, 8 and 10. My youngest daughter is transgender. The Trump administration has attacked the rights of transgender people, banning them from the military service, weakening non-discrimination protections, and even removing the word transgender from some government websites. How will you as president reverse this dangerous and discriminatory agenda and ensure that the lives and rights of LGBTQ people are protected under U.S. law? Well, Biden responded uh, a little quicker than he usually does, and he raised his voice. It quivered, but he raised his voice. He said, I will flat out just change the law. (laughs) Of course you will, because the president, there aren't, there's no separation of powers. There's no three branches. I will just flat out change the law. He said, I will eliminate those executive orders, number one. You may recall, I'm the guy who said I was raised by a man who, I'm quoting him verbatim, word for word. You may recall, I am the guy who said I was raised by a man who, I remember, I was being dropped off. My dad was a high school educated, well-read man who was a really decent guy, and I was being dropped off to get an application in a center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time, and these two men are getting out to get an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. And these two men, in case you just turned on your radio, I'm quoting verbatim Joe Biden. And these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turned to my dad, and my dad looked at me, and he said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea, Biden continues, the idea that an 8-year-old child, a 10-year-old child decides, and, you know, I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It'd make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. 
Well, in the first place, he made the same mistake that this term sexual preference was brought to task the other day, as you may recall, in the um, in the Amy Coney Barrett hearing. I mentioned it on this program. But he said if they decide to be trans, I thought they were born that way. Joe will probably get a little schooling behind the scenes, but it'll never be done publicly in the press. He's not supposed to say that word. It's not politically correct for the LGBTQ plus plus whatever agenda. Just like sexual preference is a word you can't use anymore because they don't prefer it. They're born that way. But he said, he said they may choose. They may decide, wow, that's really a violation of his his clan. It's amazing. He also claimed that his son, the late Bo Biden, one who died of cancer, not the one that's making tens of millions of dollars off his dad in foreign countries, but uh, the one that died, Bo Biden, was Attorney General of Delaware. Biden went on to say, and I won't uh, talk about, uh, you know, I won't read any more of what he said, but Anyway, he went on to say that his his uh, son, Bo, who had been um, AG of Delaware, he said he got the first gen- transgender law passed. Well, he actually didn't get the first law passed. He supported it, but others had been working on it. He became attorney general, and he supported it. It's just amazing. There is nothing that comes out of the mouth of the progressive that you can count on as being exactly true. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody that talks a lot in public, I mean, they're going to misspeak. I mean, it happens. We're human. But I, I will tell you that these people, when you don't have fixed values, and they don't, they really don't. That's why they say, I'm a devout Catholic. And they defy everything the Catholic Church says it stands for. That, I mean, that's what, that's all rooted in the idea of being a progressive. Nothing remains the same. Truth is never what it was yesterday. It just keeps evolving. And to the conservative, and particularly to the evangelical, biblical Christian, the Word of God stands forever. And it's from that Word that our founding fathers created our legal system. It was from that Word in prayer on their knees in a room in Philadelphia They wrote the Constitution of the United States of America. They took into consideration the Judeo-Christian values to build a nation that has become the greatest, the most prosperous, the most free, the most blessed nation in the history of the world. And now these progressives are trying to dismantle it because they don't like it. They don't like God and they don't want God in the culture. And we need to get real and start talking about it. I wish more pastors would speak to their congregations. I did, and our church grew exponentially. You're not going to lose your congregation if you speak the truth. It grew exponentially. People are listening to this program. You listen regularly that we're in that church. You know I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it grew unbelievably. It wasn't because they had a great pastor. <laughs> I just showed up. But God speaks to hearts when you speak the truth. You preach the Bible, but you speak to the issues of the culture. Don't run from them. Speak to them. That's how we got into this position we're in in America today. Pastors became silent, intimidated, whatever. 
or well, I don't talk about politics from the pulpit. Oh my, I could never do. We were not going to. Do, that's the problem. But anyway, that's where we are today. Well, the Amy Coney Barrett thing has uh, the hearing, the trial has uh, wrapped up this morning pretty much. And uh, a couple of things I wanted to leave with you about that. Um, the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham, he's the uh, the lead on this. He has said all along, I've got this thing under control. And he, he has said everything changed in the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. He said, man, he said, I, I am not flexible. He said, she's going to be <laughs> confirmed. He said that before this hearing started. Well, he took the next step today, this morning, just a couple of hours ago. He announced, he said, well, we're done. And the the Democrats, some of them in the committee are just wailing. I mean, they're gnashing their teeth and saying, well, you can't do this. And, um, you know, you're breaking precedent. We've never done it like this before and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, Chairman Lindsey Graham is moving it forward. He said the panel will vote on Barrett's nomination. That's the people that in the hearing on October 22nd. That's next week. He said, if as expected, it you approve and they will because the the Republicans have two more than the, I think it's two more than the Democrats. They have the majority and all they need is a simple majority and they're all going to vote for her. Then uh, Graham announced it will go to the full Senate for a final vote on October 26th. I think that's a week from Monday, this coming Monday. I think that's when that is. But anyway, I know the, it, they'll, the committee will vote on the 22nd. It will go to the full Senate for a final vote on the 26th. That will be up to, that's Graham's uh, plan, that will be up to Mitch McConnell, who's the majority leader of the Senate. He has already said, send me Amy Coney Barrett. We will confirm her. I have the votes. I think that means he has the votes. So that's what's going to happen. Senator Dianne Feinstein, she's a ranking member on the committee. She she said this is this breaches. She was almost almost in a sob. It was fake, but it was almost a sob. She said it breaches everything that we have held dear. They haven't held anything dear. <laughs> One other takeaway from this is that there were two officials there from the American Bar Association, which tends to be pretty liberal. I mean, they're very left-leaning. They also testified before the committee, Randall Knoll, and a chairman of the ABA Standing Committee on uh, Federal Judiciary and ABA's uh, uh, panel's lead evaluator, this Pamela Roberts. He said, we gave Judge Barrett a rating of well-qualified, as you know, our highest rating. Noel told the committee, we interviewed Judge Barrett for over three and a half hours, Ms. Roberts and I, and we received additional information from her in the interim. They said that she has a strong reputation in the legal community, and they said, given the breadth, diversity, and strength of the positive feedback we received from judges and lawyers of all political persuasions and from so many parts of the profession, the Standing Committee would have been hard-pressed to come to any other conclusion other than that Judge Barrett has demonstrated professional competence that is exceptional. Graham, Lindsey Graham then asked the two of them, he said, would both of you feel comfortable going before Judge Barrett? And they both answered, absolutely. And finally, on in regard to the Amy Coney Barrett, Ted Cruz took the moment and he said, I have to correct something on the record. He said, Senator Amy Klomachar, Democrat from Minnesota, said Thursday, that in 1864, President Abraham Lincoln had a vacancy less than a month before the presidential election, but he waited until after the election to nominate a candidate. 
Well, you may recall that we I talked about that, that on this program today because I just happened to have read that, and I knew that that was a very misleading statement, and it, it is. Well, Ted Cruz wanted it on the record. He said it was a point initially raised by Senator Kamala Harris uh, earlier, and it was. She raised it during the her debate with with Vice President Pence the other here a week or so ago. And um, Cruz said there was one fact they left out, and I would say purposefully. Cruz said he gave the, the committee kind of a detailed history lesson, as he likes to do. He's a very bright guy. I like him a lot. I wish, he could, I wish he'd run for president again. But anyway, he said, we're told that Honest Abe, the founder of the Republican Party, showed the example for why we are not proceeding on this. He said, I think it's worth noting the example missed the whole story. He said, Senator Klobuchar and Senator Harris, before her, both pointed out the fact that Abraham Lincoln did not make a nomination in those 27 days before the election. What both of them omitted, he said, was that the Senate wasn't there. The Senate had left. And that's what we talked about on this program here a week or so ago. He said they had gone home. This was not the age of jet travel. This was not the age of commuting every weekend, jumping on a United flight. Cruz said they were gone and the Senate would not return until December, so there was no Senate physically present to confirm that nominee. He said when the Senate did return in December, Abraham Lincoln nominated in December a justice to fill that seat, Solomon Chase, which the Senate confirmed the next day. That's why we always, on this program, tried to try to get to what's going on in our culture. We try to look at it from a biblical perspective as best we can, and we try to get it right. Because we live in such a world, such a, a cesspool of, of confusion and misinformation and misleading information. I mean, it, I, it, I, you know, I'm over 40. I've been around a while, and I... I I hear I've never seen anything like this in my life, and I've paid attention since I was a, a young man in my 20s. Ronald Reagan caught my attention. Man, I thought he was great, and I wasn't the only one that thought that. But I will tell you, I've never seen anything like what we're witnessing here in America today. There's not even a pretense of, of being unbiased in the press. There's not even a pretense of even telling the truth. They just throw out lies. Joe Biden is probably the chiefest among them, and maybe it has to do with his, you know, impaired cognitive abilities, and they are impaired. Age does that eventually to everybody if they live long enough. He's there, but he just throws out these lies, but he has a history of doing that. And I don't know if he knows he's lying or if he thinks it's the truth. I don't know what's in his mind, but I know what he does, and others do too, and it's very calculated. Hillary Clinton was a very calculated uh, liar. Actually, I mean, that it's just the truth. And they calculate these things and they put them out there, half-truths and so on. So that's why we do what we do every day on this program. And I, I so appreciate your support of it because we couldn't do this if not. And I feel very passionate about this. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise, particularly at this point in my life. I just wouldn't do it. It's a It's an effort. And many of you recognize that. And I'm not complaining. I'm thanking you for the opportunity that we can do this. I see it as an opportunity and a blessing to have this conversation with you every day and to talk about what's going on in our world every day from a biblical Christian, Judeo-Christian point of view. So thank you for your support. All of that to say, man, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for you. And if you're not supporting us, 
please consider, prayerfully consider, joining us. We need your support. Each month our budget comes due, and each month we write the checks because people are standing with us. Would you consider becoming one of them and join us and help us? Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to faithandfreedom.us and make a contribution. You can just click the Donate tab. As I said, Ted, Ted Cruz got pretty upset yesterday. He uh, he came out in the hallway out of the hearing with the Amy Coney Barrett hearing. He said, and I quote, Chairman Lindsey Graham and I have discussed this at length, and the committee today will be noticing a markup on Tuesday. That's this coming Tuesday, next week. On Tuesday, to issue a subpoena to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next Friday. He wasn't talking about Amy Coney Barrett. He was talking about about Twitter. He said, we've discussed this at length. Senator Josh Hawley, he's from Missouri. He also is on that Judiciary Committee that you've been seeing on television this week. He agrees. He said the most powerful monopolies in American history are attempting to control the news and interfere in a federal election. I talked about that yesterday on this program. Senator Hawley, he said about this explosive story about Joe Biden and his son. I mean, Biden has known all along. His son has made not hundreds of thousands. He's made millions, tens of millions of dollars. Hawley said this is not some random blog, the New York Post. He said, this is a newspaper founded by Alexander Hamilton, for heaven's sake. What's really at stake here is a free press in this country. What he's talking about is Twitter and Facebook are trying to suppress the story about Joe Biden that's come out through the laptop that his son, Hunter, left in a repair shop in Delaware and forgot about it, apparently. And all of the stuff is on there. There's a lot of pornography and all that kind of thing on there for uh, for, uh, Biden, his son, Hunter Biden. But there's all of this back-and-forth communication, introducing my dad to the leaders of the of the um, Ukraine and this corrupt uh, energy company and all of this stuff. And they were paying him not tens of thousands, but millions, tens of millions of dollars from there in China and elsewhere. It's a disaster. And I wrote an article about that today, and I would encourage you to read it. It's well-sourced. And uh, it'll give you a good overview because the battle is to not let anyone know what's going on because Joe Biden has repeatedly said, I don't know what my son is doing. I just trust my son. I mean, those are his words. And as I said yesterday, I have a son. I love my son and I trust my son. And I know he's not doing that. But if he was, I would know about it. And Biden, Joe Biden certainly knew about it and played into it. And in one case, there's a reference that we're holding back $10 million for the big guy. You can figure out who the big guy in our U.S. government is. It's not good. Those are the days in which we live. Thank you again so much for being with me. Each and every day we try to touch on or get sometimes get deeply into the issues in our culture on that day. The Lord says in his word, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. 
I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Paul said, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind.